0: Today on Ag News Daily.
1: A few years ago, we started sharing about what we do on social media, and that's where Ag Aviation Adventures comes into play. And we just felt like there was kind of a lack of information out there about agriculture in general and also ag aviation. And we wanted to kind of close that disconnect a little bit and put the information out there.
0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell joined by Tanner Winterhoff and Tanner. It is a Friday indeed. We're getting some cooler temperatures here heading into the weekend, finally, after much humidity this week.
2: Yeah, I'm actually driving through some rain right now. It, uh, it's probably going to dump a, a much needed little shot here in central Iowa after we started off wet and turned dry and hot. Kind of nice. Cool us off, get ready for a weekend.
0: Yes, and we could certainly use a little bit of rain here, a little shot in the arm. Uh, And so could Texas, Tanner. Texas has the worst corn crop based on corn conditions in the nation right now, with drought largely to blame. Just 32% of the Texas corn crop is in good to excellent condition. Texas cotton was rated at 13% very poor, 27% poor, and 41% fair. So their cotton crop is also extremely, I guess dehydrated is maybe not a good term to use for crops, but could certainly use some rain down there. Wish we could send it their way.
2: I doubt anybody would want to wear a dehydrated cotton t-shirt.
0: That might be interesting. That might be a new market. Who knows?
2: Yeah, that was a really poor attempt at a joke. (laughs)
0: that seems in line
2: hey we've got to have energy going into a friday episode and uh is do you think congress ever demonstrates a lot of energy delaney (laughs) There's probably should have some energy focused behind this as congress looks to move through the house voting on the ban of the sale of u.s farmland to russia and to china which i think delaney makes a lot of sense but companies from russia china North Korea and Iran would be barred from purchasing U.S. agricultural land under the language approved in the House Appropriations Committee on Thursday. And I could see it being a little bit sticky if you wanted to be a, a German company that own, needs to own a U.S. factory. Well, that's property as well. And where do you draw the line between you can have a manufacturing facility here, but you can't buy our farm ground?
0: Yeah, it's interesting, Tanner. I Like I said, I was in Germany last week, and a lot of other countries do not allow the purchase of foreign investors into any sort of land purchases, but especially agricultural land purchases. So it seems like the U.S. is just kind of in the minority there that we allow that.
2: Right. That would probably take a little bit of discussion.
0: Yeah. It's definitely a fine line to walk. I'm guessing that one's not going to just sail right through Congress. Well, Tanner, speaking of discussion, I'm sure Congress will also be discussing President Biden's ask to reprieve U.S. gasoline companies of their federal gas tax responsibilities as well as U.S. consumers of their federal gas tax responsibilities. But it's interesting, Mike Mike Steenhook with the Soy Transportation Council put together some interesting numbers that looked at how much consumers would save at the gas pump if we do see this gas tax lifted for the next three months. And he put together some numbers based on the average U.S. consumers driving miles per year, as well as the number of gallons of gasoline that the average consumer uses per year. And after you calculate all of those figures down, the average American spends about 88 cents per day on gasoline taxes, which are both federal and state combined. 28 cents of that is the federal gas tax number. So if we do see gas taxes cut at the federal level, consumers could expect to see about a 28 cent per day drop in federal gas prices. On the flip side of that, they, he also put together some really good numbers for diesel fuel because, of course, they have gas taxes as well. And with farmers here shortly heading into harvest season, just a few months away, he also shared some of those numbers as well. So as you look at That figure, farmers would save about 95 cents per day by just having a federal suspension of the fuel tax and would save $2.51 per day if both federal and state diesel taxes were suspended. That has also been an ask by the Biden administration is not only to lift federal fuel taxes, but also calling on governors to lift state fuel taxes as well.
2: This has caused a lot of debate in my circle of customers and professional network because, yes, fuel prices are high, but that now could create a deficit in the budgets to repair our roadway systems and our failing bridge systems. So quite quite interesting to hear the varying opinions of our listeners and professional network regarding that side of the story. But it's going to come welcomed. Any decrease in price that we can have because your grill is going to burn a little bit hotter this year. Your article here states that your 4th of July picnic could be 11% more expensive this year. Food prices up according to Wells Fargo's July 4th food inflation report says that overall protein prices are up 12 to 15%, which is analyzed and has been analyzed in this category of the American holiday for over 20 years shows that when you combine all the goods that go into the typical 4th of July picnic, the average is an 11% increase over last year in food costs. The industry advisor for Wells Fargo Food and Agribusiness says consumers want to stick to traditional burgers and hot dogs, look for frozen options, which might be lower cost than that of the fresh meat. But overall, for higher cuts of meat, such as pork chops, the average retail price has increased So there could be some cuts, Delaney, that you may substitute this year for 4th of July that may not be as inflated.
0: Well, I prefer not to eat the frozen food section stuff on the 4th of July. That feels like a time to splurge just a little to celebrate America's birthday.
2: I would agree. I would agree. Even if it's going to be 11% more, treat yourself.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to put it. Well, cattle are going to be treating themselves, Tanner, to some seaweed products. U.S. and Australian company CH4 Global has come out with the first commercial sale of a seaweed-based product, which they developed largely to help reduce methane emissions from ruminant animals. They said that there's a lot of different ingredients in this, but... By disrupting the gut microbes, this special seaweed has shown an 80% reduction in cattle methane emissions when cows eat it. And that's pretty impressive. We're going to try and see if we can line up an interview with CH4 Global to discuss this technology a little bit more. But this is just, you know, one step in the right direction that agriculture continues to make. And I think we need to make consumers hear that loud and clear.
2: I would agree. And it seems like, corporate ag is also paying really close attention to this because Cargill announced that they will acquire Delicon to create a plant-based phytogenic feed additive for livestock. So as consumer demand increases for natural food production from plant-based feed additives are a viable component to making that a reality. So Delicon is a global expert in plant-based additives and Cargill is working to support the feed needs of its customer in this growing space. So after a successful five-year partnership between Delacon and Cargill, Cargill has opted to purchase them and will build upon their combined deep history and long-term commitment to provide satisfactory products to their customers and provide extra levels of efficiency and performance in this sector deemed appropriate by the consumers, the buyers themselves. So another acquisition happening there in big ag.
0: Absolutely. And I think the final piece of news I have for today, I don't have a great segue into it, Tanner. I couldn't think of one while you were discussing that there, but The International Grains Council has raised their forecasts, surprisingly, for the 22-23 global corn production year. They say largely driven by an improved outlook for output in the Ukrainian and Black Sea region, which also has weighed pretty heavily on corn and soybean markets this week but they did increase their global corn production this year to 1.19 billion metric tons, up 6 million metric tons from last month, though still down from the record crop year that we saw in 2021-2022. They also noted that we will see an increase in global soybean production as well as they're expecting a larger crop in Brazil than what was originally maybe forecast. So Record crops in all countries this year, it sounds like, will lead to a large global supply. And like I said, that's certainly been weighing heavy on the commodity markets.
2: Yeah, it has. And I'm uh, kind of excited for you to get into it because we've experienced over a dollar per bushel loss since last Friday. So how did things look like here in the overnight coming out this morning?
0: Well, surprisingly, things have started to recover a little bit, maybe finding their footing, finding some support here at these current levels. These new crop corn, as of this morning, opened up 12 cents higher, trading currently around 668. New crop soybeans are lower on the day. However, old crop is still trending higher this morning. August contract up two pennies around 1509. The Nove new crop soybeans as of this morning opened about five cents lower, trading right at that 1410 mark. In Chicago wheat today, the December contract is trading 10 cents higher at the open at 975. And in the livestock markets, we're seeing mixed trade as of this morning. Live cattle trending higher, feeder cattle trending lower, and lean hogs seeing some green on the screen heading into Friday's opening session.
2: Well, Delaney, it's been certainly another interesting week in the markets, but we have another interesting interview for our listeners today. Let's jump right into it.
3: Good morning, listeners. This is Cassidy Zirkle, joined by Tanner Winterhoff, and we're excited to introduce Callie and Tyson of Ag Aviation Adventures to share a bit about their company today and tell us what they do in the ag industry. Good morning, Callie and Tyson. How are you all today? We're really well. Thank you for asking, and we're
1: excited to be here. Thanks for having us.
2: Hello. So in full disclosure, listeners, before every one of these interviews, we always ask our guests how they like to be introduced and how to pronounce their last names. And Cassidy very professionally chose not to try and pronounce <laughs> Tyson's last name. So Tyson, start
4: with that. What, what is yeah. your last name? So it is Lucas Savage. It's, you know, it sounds so
2: much better when you say it.
4: I, it just rolls off the tongue, right? <laughs> it has Polish origins.
2: Nice. Well, sorry, Cassidy, to hijack the beginning of this, but I couldn't pass up that opportunity. So, yes why don't uh, why don't you guys start off and tell us a little bit of what about what you guys have going on?
1: Yeah. So, I guess I I'll start with what we most prominently do here in the summer. We work for an ag aviation company in Northwest Minnesota. And Tyson is an ag pilot, and I do everything on the ground for the company. And a few years ago, we started sharing about what we do on social media, and that's where Ag Aviation Adventures comes into play. And we just felt like there was kind of a lack of information out there about agriculture in general and also ag aviation. And we wanted to kind of close that disconnect a little bit and put the information out there.
3: Absolutely. And I feel like that's something that's pretty common throughout agriculture and each part of the sector is us wanting to tell our story to consumers. So what was the place y'all started on social media sharing this and what has taken off the most for y'all?
4: Yeah, we started on YouTube, really. Uh, Callie had this idea to put out videos about what we're doing and the different things that we use on the crops and why we use what we use. And so she, she kind of came up with this said, you know, we should put this out there. We have even friends and family that really didn't have much of an idea of what we were actually doing up here. And so it kind of came from that. And then Callie was active on Instagram with some other things and said, well, you know, it'd be easy just to kind of cross promote this and put it on Instagram as well. So she started doing that. And then that really took off. Um, And she's very active on Instagram daily with kind of what we're doing day to day in our lives here and with stories on that. So she does a lot there. And then I guess about a year ago, she decided to take on TikTok. We didn't really (laughs) we didn't know that there would be much of a platform on TikTok, but we've had some videos on there that have just really taken off. And I guess that's kind of the interesting thing about TikTok is that. You can have one video that really doesn't do much at all, and then you can put up another one, and it absolutely goes crazy, and it gets hundreds of thousands of views. And so TikTok's been interesting just because we're never really sure how things are going to do, but it has proven to be a pretty awesome place to also put material.
2: So this is an industry that was, I'm going to say, formerly known as crop dusters, but now now uh, it's been kind of dubbed aerial applicators. Is that correct?
4: Yeah. And I guess you could almost compare it to um, with the airlines, a stewardess versus a flight attendant. You know, they, they don't want to be called stewardesses anymore. And it's flight attendants now, the, prefer, the preferred nomenclature. Um, it's not any different really with this industry. I personally don't mind the term crop duster, but what it really probably stems down to is that Crop duster—it's just not a very professional term, and we don't per se dust the crops so much anymore. There are places in the country where they still use sulfur, and they they still technically are crop dusting. But we are really doing um, what is called aerial application. Um, We use GPS to line up on the crop, and everything is going to be precision agriculture. That's kind of what it comes down to, and so. With the professionalism, the term aerial applicator has kind of come about, um, and that's what we are. We're professional applicators.
2: Tell the listeners what area you service, and then what crops are you typically uh, taking care of?
1: So we're up in northwest Minnesota. We're on the border of North Dakota and Minnesota, and we're kind of in an interesting area. We're in the Red River Valley, and we have a lot of diversity with our crops up here. The main ones up here are wheat, wheat, And sugar beets, those are kind of the main prominent ones. We also have a lot of edible beans, soybeans, a little bit of corn, um, a little bit of sunflowers, and potatoes. Those are kind of our main crops that we service. Um, And again, some we spray more than others, kind of just depending on the season and depending on what needs to happen.
3: We've had a lot of farmers on lately from the Dakotas and the Red River Valley, and we've heard a lot on Twitter also about the bad weather that's been hitting that area. Has that affected y'all a lot with your business lately?
1: Oh, man, it's been kind of heartbreaking, honestly, to see what these farmers have been dealing with this season. It started out with insane flooding, and um, it was an extremely wet winter, and then it just kind of that piled into the spring they planted extremely late up here because of the flooding and the rain and they just couldn't catch a break with the moisture, which is great because we need the moisture because last year was a record dry year. Um, But then this year it's just been the complete opposite of that. And they, so they planted late. Um, What happened after they planted? Well,
4: just most recently now, as of about four days ago, we had a windstorm up here and I mean, we had 50 mile an hour winds. And the crops are all very tiny still because they were planted so late. And on a normal year, it probably wouldn't have had too much of an effect because they would have been a lot taller. But there is a ton of dirt still out there between all the rows. And this windstorm came through. And I mean, we it looked like the Dust Bowl here yeah. on Saturday. I mean, you couldn't see more than about a half a mile, three quarters of a mile with all the dirt that was in the air. And it literally just decimated crops i mean it it broke them completely off um the dust was i mean almost like uh if you were going to sandblast something and so all these crops were just getting sandblasted for the entire day and it wiped out entire fields i mean entire 160 acre quarters have just been completely wiped and there's nothing left of them so that was the most recent last night we had some hail and so it's, it's, just, it's just, it's just been tough. Ending.
1: It absolutely has a, an effect on us. For us, if it's wet, then that's great because a lot of the farmers around here all have their own ground rigs. So on wet years, they can't get into the field with their ground rigs. So they call us. And that's when we get really busy. However, as most of you in agriculture know, there's a double-edged sword with the weather because too much of it's a good thing or, or can be a bad thing. And, um, so we were excited about this year with how wet it was, but then everything was planted late. So it's just going to be kind of a wild ride for us this summer. We, um, we usually are, should be actually really busy today, uh, like at this time of year, but everything's been pushed back. And then we're going to have other parts that are, you know, at the same time that they should be. And it's just going to be interesting. But yes, absolutely has an effect on us. And if there's no crop out there for us to spray, then we uh, will see that as well.
2: So that's, that is exciting. And I would say if the job, the nature that you're in is not adventurous enough, you guys also have something else that you do for fun, I want to say, but uh, tell us a little bit more about the adventure side of what you guys have going on.
1: Yeah. So in the winter, we leave Minnesota and we head back to Colorado and that's kind of our home base for the winter months. We like to travel. Um, we head down to Baja Mexico for a month or two in the off season. And we enjoy riding motorcycles and exploring and um, pretty much anything outside. We like to do it, we like to ski. And so that's what we do when we're not working, but it does have a trade-off. We, ha- we do not have a summer. Um, we work almost every day. We're almost always on call um so it it does have a trade off of us
3: not having any free time in the summer and then having quite a bit of free time in the off season i think it's very cool of y'all to document all of this not only the working side but your adventure side so that people get a glimpse into this very little known part of the industry and a glimpse into the rest of farming that y'all also talk a lot about in y'all's videos What are some of your goals for this company in the future as y'all continue to make videos and content on social media and continue with your aviation work?
1: I think one of our goals that we've always had and will have until it happens is owning our own operation. That's just something that, uh, you know, we work for a great company right now. They treat us well and and it's an amazing company to work for. But I think for us personally, we just want to be owner operators and for us, that's uh, definitely on the forefront for us. Um, but on the documenting and sharing side, I think just reaching more people and especially with agriculture in general, I mean, the aviation part of it is is small, but I think there's such a disconnect with agriculture in general. There's just so much to share about it and so many more people to reach to um, keep fighting the good fight for, for all the farmers and those of us in agriculture.
2: I think, Ariel application in the business that you're in is one of those industries that no matter how old the person is, when you see someone coming to spray your crops or seed your cover crops, everybody turns into a kid to stand there at the road or at the home place to watch it happen. So I, I look forward to continuing to watch your channels and see the posts that you guys have, both in your adventures and as part of the aerial business. But if our listeners want to follow along with you, how can they find you on social media and YouTube?
1: Yeah, so on Instagram and TikTok, it's ag aviation adventures. And uh, that's also on Facebook. And then on YouTube, you can just search for ag aviation adventures and we'll be there. If you're interested in the adventure side of things, that is at adventure rig on Instagram, Facebook. And then uh, we also have a small YouTube channel over there. So that's where you can find us and uh, you can learn more about what we're doing. And we we share a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff over on Instagram, too, and in the stories. And so that's kind of cool for people to see um, what we have going on on the day-to-day.
2: Awesome. Well, we thank you for taking a couple of minutes to share with our listeners your story and a little bit about what you've got going on. And we hope that they go to check you out. So thanks again for jumping on.
4: Hey, thanks again for having us. Really appreciate it. It was great to be on.
2: Well, there you go, Delaney. I am always mesmerized by the pilots, the aerial applicators, the crop dusters that you want to say as they fly over our farm. And I watch them bank around and get right back in exactly where they're supposed to go. So another fun interview getting caught up with some of those ag professionals.
0: Yeah, that's always a scary profession, Tanner.
2: It is, but that's enough of us for the week listeners have yourself a great weekend and a great friday what do you say delaney should we let the listeners go
0: let's let them go